Trevor brought back memories. That's a wonderful song, and uh, uh, we should sing some more of those. I think it uh, brings back memories, doesn't it? And when we sing them, uh, we sure get into the spirit of it, don't we? Look, just before I start, just a little bit of housekeeping. You've been handed out a. Do mind if I sit? My legs give out on me, and uh, um, I'll try standing for a while, and then I'll sit if necessary. But. Um, um, we didn't think that we were going to be inside today. We thought we were going to be outside. And so I asked if there was any audio visual. And as we learn more through the eye gate and through the ear gate, I thought, well, it's important for that we have something for you to look at and to take with you. So there's a little handout for you that are coming around, discovering the truth about heaven. But just before we start that, I wrote a little book which God has blessed, and they're up the back there, and we're giving away copies of it today, but we'd like you to take it and give it to someone who you believe doesn't know whether they're going to heaven. Um, But there is a catch. (laughs) We'd like a donation towards Brisbane City Church, and so whatever you can afford to give us a donation of that, uh, it's sure worth, I think, a cup of coffee. Um, so if you'd like to give $4 or something like that or more, that's fine. But it'll all go to Brisbane City Church to help them with their funds to get started. So heaven, I've been studying this subject for probably over 40 years now and uh, probably the most I have found with regard to heaven is people want to know how can I get there, where is it, what am I going to do there and what is it all about? Heaven. And so, really, I wanted to be sure that you today know where heaven is, first of all, how you can get there, and what it's all about. And so, first of all, I've got a little outline there in the front, just some of the points that we're going to cover. Firstly, where we are at the present moment uh, with regard to heaven, getting to heaven, there's only one way to get to heaven at the present moment, and that's through death. Um, I once was pastoring in a church and a little old lady who was 
uh, in her 90s and was said that she was, wasn't going to die. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, how are you going to get to heaven? And she said, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And that's the only way we can get to heaven is by dying, and we'll deal with that. We're in the living in what we call the church age at the present moment, and, of course, following that is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we're all looking about and looking for. Heaven is always, I believe, a place which is a bit nebulous. People want to know where heaven is, what it's all about. And so I haven't got a definition here, but just an explanation. Heaven is always where Jesus Christ dwells and he lives. And we're going to see as we go through the scriptures today that that's not always in heaven, up there in the sky. Sometimes, and for a lot of the time, it's going to be down here on earth because, you see, when he made this earth, it was a magnificent place. And he made it so that he could commune with his creation. But Satan got in the way and fouled it all up. But one day he's going to restore that. And so heaven is where Jesus is. And I don't know about you, but I want to be where Jesus is. You want to be there? That's what I want to be. Now, the other word that comes up with regard to heaven is a kingdom. And so many people get confused about a kingdom, but a kingdom is only a kingdom when the king is reigning on the throne. Now, I don't mean spiritually, I mean physically, because we're talking about physical things. And one day we're going to get a resurrection body, which is going to be far better than this. So if you've got bad legs like me, or if you've got a bad arm or a bad hip or something else like that, you won't have any problem with regard to the resurrection body. It's going to be magnificent. But that's going to be a physical body. It's going to be a beautiful body. It's going to be an incredible body. But it's going to be a body, we're told, similar to what we have now, only much more wonderful. The Bible tells us now, that, and I'm down the bottom of the page, that immediately after we die, we find out, in that instance after we die, that we're either with the Lord Jesus or we're in a place called Hades waiting to go to a place called hell. And unfortunately, there is no going back after that. There's no changing. There's no going to say, oh, I want to rerun. Oh, I want to go back. No, it's too late. And so that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the fact that there is an irrevocable and an eternally fixed position that we all come to the moment after we die. And so it's very important, therefore, that we understand that we are to make decisions now which can affect where we're going to live. You know, um, heaven is mentioned over 700 times in the Bible. But I think more than anything, people want to understand about death. Some people say, well, I don't mind going to heaven. I don't mind passing over or anything like that, but I don't want to die. I don't like the idea of dying. And so I asked the Lord some time ago is to help me to explain how and what death is. I think death's like sleep. You know, we wake up from sleep and we go into the next day. We wake up and it's just the same life. We go on with life. And it's the same with death. We go on after sleep 
And so we go on after death. It's exactly the same. In fact, Jesus, do you remember when he was talking about Lazarus, talked about death as being like sleep. But also death is like going on a journey. It's like crossing from one sphere and where we've been living for a short time into another sphere. It's from a physical sphere to a spiritual sphere. It's from a bodily sphere to a spirit sphere. We're made up of body, soul and spirit. It's from a temporal sphere to an eternal sphere. And so therefore Christians should not fear death. If you belong to the Lord Jesus and you've asked him to become your saviour, you've accepted his gift of salvation, you have nothing to fear about death. In fact, this wonderful verse in 2 Corinthians says this, we know that as long as we live here in the body, we are not at home with the Lord. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. It's absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's exactly what happens when we die. And Christians go to a place called paradise. You remember when the thief died on the cross, the Lord Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Do you remember that? Well, that paradise there is no longer in existence because uh, the wonderful thing about it is that when every Old Testament saint died or anybody that died before the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, they went to that place called paradise. But when Jesus died and rose again and he ascended to heaven, he and his father decided that they were going to take all those souls, all those spirits, all those people that were in paradise at that time and take them to another paradise in the third heaven to be with him. Isn't that amazing? So all of those people are waiting in that paradise up there in heaven. And, of course, that's where we go to when we die as well. And so it's a wonderful place that we will be to and we need not worry about dying at all because we're absent from the body and in the next instant we're present with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope today that you realise that there's really nothing to worry about dying for the Christian. Hebrews says a wonderful verse right at the beginning of the book of Hebrews. It says this, In the past God spoke through the prophets of many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. Jesus was, and through the word of God, through the writer of the book of Hebrews was saying that we are currently in the last days, and it was for the last 2,000 years, we've been in the last days of this earth. But Jesus also gave it certain signs throughout the, book of the, throughout the books of the Bible, throughout the New Testament, to say that his coming was near. And, you know, without going into all of those, we live in this age which is called the church age because the church is the main vehicle by which God has ordained that his name be extended and by which evangelisation of the unsaved, that's why we preach here, that's why we ask people to come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour. We have a discipleship program. We tell people how to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We baptise because the Lord Jesus asks us to be baptised, to acknowledge him as being our Lord and Saviour. And we teach Christians. We have Alpha courses. We have courses which teach us all about the Bible. 
But that's all done through the church. That's the church age that we call it. But one day soon, God is going to end that church age. It's going to, it's going to be a completion. And you know what? It, um, it says in John 14, the Lord Jesus, just before he left his disciples for the last time and he went to the cross and then, of course, he ascended into heaven, he said these words in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, it would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am also. He didn't say anything about going to heaven, but he said, I want you to be with me. And that's what he was about. And so nothing at the time was he talking about heaven, but he was talking about being with him. And so Jesus said that things would happen towards the end of this age, the church age, when he would come again. And it doesn't take much of a student of the Bible while reading the scriptures and looking at those signs to realise that we have come to all the signs are completed and we have come to the time when Jesus is soon to return to earth. We know that. It's going to be the completion of the, of the church age. And Paul wrote about it to the Thessalonians in this way, and I've got it in your notes, according to the Lord's own word. So evidently, Jesus himself told Paul these words to write. We don't know when he did it, but he did. And we tell you that we who are still alive and are left at the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. At that time, those who are still alive will be caught up and we will receive our new resurrection bodies at that time. That's what the verse says. That's what the Bible says. That's the time that we all look forward to. But it's interesting with regard to these resurrection bodies that there's two groups of people that are involved, those that are alive at the time that Jesus comes and those who have died previously. And we're told here and also in 1 Corinthians that what will happen is that those that have died will receive their bodies first, their new bodies first. And then those that are alive, on the way up, when they're caught up, well, they will receive their bodies. Now, Paul expressed it to the Corinthians in this way. He said, I tell you a mystery, something that had been hidden before. We will not all sleep or we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. You see, that's not just a sign for the nursery door of the church. We'll all be changed in a flash for the babies. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable will put, must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Let me explain it this way. Now, this story's not in your notes, all right? I made it up. There was a young accountant. He yawned as he entered the lobby one Monday morning. He was sorry he stayed out so late the night before talking about COVID-19 with his friends and how it had affected his church. It was probably Bridgie Church. But, and as several lifts arrived, he, everybody was crowding into the lifts and so he looked for one that said, going up. 
And so he went into the lift and as the lift was about to stop at the 10th floor, all of a sudden he heard a trumpet blast and he heard a, a loud command and he found himself being drawn up straight through the roof of the lift, straight through the 40th floor of the building and up into the atmosphere. And as he looked around, he saw other people being drawn up exactly the same way. And he looked up and there was the Lord Jesus. And people would have been drawn to him and he had a crowd around him already. And as he got closer and he looked at the people around about him, he saw that some of the people with, or with him were people that had already died. He knew that. But he looked at himself and he saw, wow, I've got a different body. It had happened all in an instance. And the promise that Paul had made in Philippians but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus who will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body and come true. In a flash, in an instant, Jesus had kept his promise. He'd kept the promise that he'd made just before he returned to the Father. I will come back and take you to be where I am. Then after welcoming each one, the Lord Jesus turned away from planet Earth and he led that great crowd of believers away towards paradise, away from heaven. Back in the lift, most people hadn't noticed what had happened. They were still looking down at the floor. But some noticed a pile of clothes and a, a briefcase just sitting beside it. And they looked at one another and they just nodded. Strange things have been happening lately, haven't they? And they went on with their day. They didn't realise that a miracle had taken place before them. You say, that's out of this world, John. That's a fantastic story. That, that just possibly couldn't happen. Well, I don't know. Couldn't it happen? Christ's coming for his saints. That's what we call this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's part of his return that he's coming for them, not with them. You know, I don't know whether you know much about the Bible. Do you remember the story of Enoch? He was the seventh generation from Adam. And he walked with God and he was so careful to follow what God asked him to do that God took him. He just translated him. He just took him out of the world. What about the crossing of the Red Sea? You know, that's an unbelievable story, isn't it? That could never happen. What about Elijah? You remember Elijah and Elisha? Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. What about the gift of eternal life when you receive, you know, your sins forgiven? and you're assured of going to heaven, wow, that's just impossible. Is it? I don't think so. Why? Because it's in the Bible. It's truth. But what about the Lord Jesus himself? Wasn't he taken up that way? He just disappeared from where he saw this sight. And you remember there were two angels that came and said, this same Jesus that you have seen taken in this way will come back in the same way as you have seen him go, exactly the same way. So when he comes back, his feet will come back on the Mount of Olives. And we'll talk about that in a little bit later. 
You see, it's not a pie in the sky. It's a matter of looking at it through the eyes of faith. God has said that it will happen. He's written it there in the word. That's how we get our resurrection bodies. That's how we're going to live with the Lord Jesus Christ forever because the bodies that we get at that time are forever bodies. They go on and they go on and on. And so following his coming for his saints, some two years later, and we're not talking about what happens on earth, we're only talking about what's happening in heaven at this time, he's going to assemble us that have been given all new bodies and he's going to come back and he's going to come with his saints back to earth. But you know what? There's going to be two wonderful things that happen between those two comings. And we're going to talk about them this morning because they involve you and I if we're Christians and we belong to the Lord Jesus and we're going to get that resurrection body. There's going to be two wonderful things that happen to us during that time. But you see, I want you to understand before we move on this, is this. The only way that we can get to heaven if we die before the Lord Jesus Christ comes is if we have accepted his gift of salvation. It's a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it's by grace we have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's a complete gift. But you've got to... To receive a gift, you've got to accept it. Someone can put a gift in front of you, but if you don't accept that gift, it's not yours. You've got to physically or you've got to spiritually, by faith, take that gift. And it's also important for us to understand that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, the only ones that are going to be taken up are those that have accepted his gift of salvation. So therefore, the only way to get into heaven is through the Lord Jesus. But there are two methods of getting into heaven. One is by death, and the other way is by being changed or translated when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Now, I've always asked the Lord Jesus, Lord, I would love to be part of that body of believers that are taken up to heaven. But you know what? I don't have a say in it. Because Psalm 139.16 says this, all the thoughts and all the days that have been ordained by God are written in my book before one of them came to be. So in other words, God's already decided beforehand who's going to be part of that catching away and being part of that. I don't know whether I'm part of it. I don't know. But I've got to live as though he's going to take me tomorrow. A few months back, we were having breakfast around the table and we got a call from my brother in Sydney and my brother-in-law had just dropped dead. He was as healthy as one thing and then all of a sudden he dropped dead. He was a Christian, so we know that he was in heaven. But you know that can happen to any one of us, can't it? Any one of us can be, and the only way to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the key, whether it's by death or whether it's by translation. That's the only way it can happen. Now, the two things that happen between his two comings are this. The first one is to be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ, and the second one is to be united with Christ at the marriage of the Lamb. 
The first one is to receive the rewards of the Lord Jesus Christ that he wants to give out. Now, the final words, one of some of the final words in the book of Revelation are these, that, look, I am coming soon, my reward is with me, and I give to each person according to what they have done. Now, we're not talking about salvation here. We're not talking about whether or not you get into heaven. You wouldn't even be in heaven to be able to receive the reward if you hadn't accepted Jesus Christ. So it's not about that at all. It's about the way we have lived as Christians, the way we have served. You see, each one of us are saved to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to sit around and just count our fingers or to, when we get to heaven or to sit on clouds playing our harps. No, each one of us are given a specific task to do. And he gives us gifts to do those tasks. And he wants us to do it for not our glory, but for his glory. And so it all depends as to whose, whose purpose are we doing now, what, we, what he asks us to do. For whose glory are we doing it? And he's going to examine that. In other words, as one person put it to me, Jesus wants to know who's going to get the praise when you do something right for him. Do you want to be praised for it? I hear so often in Christian circles that someone says, oh, they didn't even thank me for it. Where do you want to get your thanks, down here or up there in heaven from the Lord Jesus? You see, I know it's nice to say thank you down here. I'm not saying we shouldn't say thank you. We should. That's what Jesus would do. But it's more important that we do it as under the Lord Jesus so that he gets the glory. And so the Lord Jesus is going to, each one of us, he's going to examine what we have done privately. It won't be publicly. It'll be privately, each one of us, each Christian, right down for these 2,000 years, he's going to take each one of us into his chamber and he's going to examine what we've done for him. And if we've done something that's pleasing to him, he's going to give us a crown. You say, a crown? Wow, what are we going to do with crowns? Are we going to strut round heaven with them? No, I don't think so. There's a lovely story that's told um, about the angels in heaven. And I've jumped over some of those crowns that I've listed there in your notes, but Revelation 4 gives a wonderful picture as to what we'll probably do with these crowns. It talks about the 24 elders that sit around the throne and they were given crowns and what they did is they took them off and they laid them before the Lord Jesus. And they said, Lord, you are worthy to receive these, not me. And you know what? I think we'll do the same. We'll say, Lord, anything that I've done for you or on your behalf, you've enabled me to do it. And so I want to give it back to you. But I've listed there's five crowns that we'll get there. There's the crown of life for those who persevere under trials. And there's a lot here today who are going to get that crown. I know. Because you've persevered under trials. There's a crown of righteousness for those who love his returning. I used to have a friend and we used to go camping. He was a lot older than me. And first thing he used to say, when he woke up in this morning, he used to say, good morning, Lord, what's on today? I used to shake my head and say, John, you don't have to say that. If you say it, don't say it out loud. He said, yeah. He said, why not? 
And he looked for the coming of the Lord Jesus. There's also the crown, the incorruptible crown, for those who exercise self-control over sin. We're all tempted to sin. And those who control the temptations and control the sin that comes into their life. By the way, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you yield to the temptation. There's also the crown of glory for those who shepherd the sheep. We've got five or six pastors over us, haven't we? You know, you know them. Trevor and Brian and Joan and Jenny and Janice, and, you know. And, you know, all of a sudden, if you're not well, you get a phone call and you say, hey, how you going? Do you want some meals? That's pastoring the sheep and we can all do that. Then there's a crown of rejoicing given to those who win souls to the Lord Jesus. And then the five, soul, five crowns that are listed that will be given out by the Lord Jesus at that time. Won't it be a wonderful time? But then the second thing is being joined to the Lord Jesus. That's the marriage of the Lamb. And just prior to his coming, there's going to be a great wedding take place, and not the wedding feast. That comes later, just like it was last Saturday, you know. There was the wedding here and then there was the feast further over there, you know. Well, there's going to be a wedding and there's going to be a feast in heaven. And we, the church, are going to be the bride of Christ. And I've written it down there, Revelation 17, let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given for her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. By the way, do you want to be invited to the wedding of the Lamb? I don't. Because I'm going to be part of the bride. And a bride never gets an invitation to her own wedding. After all, does she? So... Those who are invited to the wedding are different to the bride and the church. They're the saints of all the ages that will be invited to the wedding, particularly the wedding feast. So since the bride doesn't need an invitation, as I said, it's going to be the Old Testament saints and all the saints of all the ages. But we're going to have fine linen to put on. You know, when we become a Christian, the Lord Jesus does something wonderful for us. He says to us, he says, now I'm going to take all your sin and you're going to put that on me and I'm going to take all my righteousness and I'm going to put that on you. You say, Lord, that's not fair. Well, since when was it fair ever to become a Christian? It's all the cost of the Lord Jesus. It's everything that he does. He takes all the cost. And so when we become a Christian, the Lord clothes us in his righteousness. And that's the linen that he's talking about here and sometimes they can get soiled, those clothes, with things that we do. And that's what 1 John 1, 9 is all about. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We keep short accounts with the Lord Jesus. And so these two events, the reward ceremony, the Bema seat, it's just like the Olympic Games where, you know, the 
judge stood on the, the, the throne, as it were, the, the platform there, and gave out the rewards. Jesus will too, but this will be in private. And then there's the wedding. And then, just after the wedding, Jesus is going to gather all those saints that he's just married. We're all with our special bodies and our special clothes, and we're going to return to earth. Because something happened on earth that needed him to return. His land of Israel, the chosen land, the promised land, was under threat. And so we read about it here, and I'll put it in your notes. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. That's the Lord Jesus. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe dripped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine white linen and clean. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, the first time he came, my friends, he came as a saviour. The second time he comes, he's going to come as king and he's going to judge. But, you know, you and I are going to be part of his return if we belong to him. How wonderful that is. You know, at that time, he's going to fight in what we call the Battle of Armageddon and he's going to destroy the enemy with the words of his mouth, with what came out. Just as he spoke the world into existence, he's going to speak and the enemies will crumble and they will disappear. Matthew puts it this way, and I've written it down there as he comes down to earth and what we will be with him behind him. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken, and then will appear the son of the sign of man, son of man in heaven. And then all peoples of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from the one end of heavens to the other. Zechariah continues on this story. He says, on that day his feet will land on the Mount of Olives and the Mount will be split in two from the east to the west and there will be neither sunlight or day or night. It will be a unique day when he comes back and takes possession of his own planet Earth. You know, it's a wonderful story, but I want you to understand two things from this. First of all, heaven is just not a place in the sky where we will sit. Heaven is a place of being with the Lord Jesus. It's a place of being with him and doing what he does. He will involve us in it. What a tremendous privilege. We will have bodies like his. It's going to be an amazing time. And on that chart in the middle there, I've tried to dis describe for you the various places that the Lord Jesus will be in. First is in the church age. He's in heaven. He's, he's there. And then we will be caught up. We will have those two events, the reward ceremony and the marriage ceremony. And then he will return and when he returns, there will be the marriage supper of the lamb and that will start 
the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And we will be there with him, reigning with him. But, you know, you can only take part in that if you're part of his family, if you're his child. I know things might seem to be tough at the present moment, but you know what? Without the Lord Jesus at that time, it's going to be even tougher. And so the world is going to be brought to account and it's going to be a difficult time for those that do not love him. And I would hate for anybody to leave this place today that didn't know the Lord Jesus and wasn't sure that they were going to heaven. You know, on page 89 of that little book up the back there, and I'd like you all to have one or give so that you can give it to someone else, but read page 89. And there's a little prayer that you can pray there, asking the Lord Jesus to take away your sin and to accept his gift of salvation. But if you'd like to talk to someone, I'm sure that Brian or Trevor or some of the others down here or I will be quite happy to talk to you afterwards and show you the way of how you can accept that wonderful gift of salvation. We'd love you to make sure before you leave this place that if you died tomorrow, if you died today, and it could happen to any one of us, that you will be immediately in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at home in heaven with him, at home with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've written some verses at the end there. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John, 1 John 5, he who has the son has life and he who does not have the son has not life. That's eternal life, life that will go on forever. Eternal life, once you accept him, starts now. But we don't receive our eternal bodies until Jesus comes. John 17 says, now this is eternal life that they may know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We're going to pray in a minute. And if you haven't asked the Lord Jesus to forgive your sin, because that's why he died on the cross for your sin. And he wants to replace your sin with his righteousness, with a beautiful clean garment, so that you'll be ready for that beautiful wedding ceremony that's going to take place in heaven after you receive your new body. So that eventually you'll be ready to come back with him the second time and to reign with him on earth in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth with him. If you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus, you follow along in the prayer and you ask him to do it, ask him to come into your life today to forgive your sin and say, I want to accept by faith that gift that you give me this morning, Lord Jesus. And do you know what? He'll assure you. He will give you the Holy Spirit that will confirm within your heart and your life that you belong to him, that you're a child of his, and that all that I've spoken about this morning lies ahead of you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promise of your word. We thank you particularly that you wanted us to know about being with you, about being in heaven, that heaven is with you, the Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we ask this morning that if some of us haven't 
accepted that gift, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive our sin as you said that you would and that, Father, you will give us the wonderful gift of eternal life, of salvation, as you said you would. And we believe that because you're God and you can do anything just as you made this earth and just as you made us and just as one day you're going to come here again and you're going to take everyone who loves you to be with you and give us a new body. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your gift. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness. And we ask it and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please don't go if you don't know and you'd like to know more. Please make sure that you get a, gift, a book to give to someone else that doesn't know the way or doesn't know whether they're going to heaven. All right? Thank you. Jesus Christ, my Praise the Lord for that. Now, if you haven't yet trusted in the Lord Jesus as your personal Saviour, I'll do so today. We want to be there together in the glory, do we not? Wonderful. Oh, and I should mention, you know, some have come to the Lord and you're trusting Him as your Saviour now. But maybe He's been speaking to your heart about following Him through the waters of baptism. <gasps> you say, I could never do that. Couldn't we? We've had people in their 80s baptised here, haven't we? Indeed we have. The Lord Jesus said, just follow me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I just want to say this, that the Lord's speaking to your heart about witnessing to your faith through believers' baptism. Would you come and tune my ear? Come and tell me and we'll sit down and we'll go through with that because these days we've got a beautiful baptistry here and behind is a suite of private change rooms. It's all geared up at the back there. So that worry's all over. All we need to do now is follow Jesus. Believe you me, he will give you strength. Won't he, Heather? Yes, of course he will. Won't he, Bucky, Jan, and others of you? How wonderful. Well, we're just going to close in prayer. The books are up the back. Outside the exit, there are Jenny scones for you. I couldn't get the coffee flowing this morning. The authorities wouldn't let me but we hope we get it by next week, next fortnight. But we're all here and it's wonderful. And now we're just going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I think, Jenny, Phil, you might have a little song to send us on our way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, Lord, that we can come to you, no forgiveness and acceptance, 
Oh, we gladly would follow you. I pray for all who are having struggles in spirit and in body today. Oh, I pray for anxious hearts this morning by your Holy Spirit. Bring peace in you, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace that goes with us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. And you know soon and very soon, He's going to come again.